right, welcome. So I am here, this is Chris, by the way, I'm here with uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Kathy Lowry-Gallowitz. And uh, Kathy, I, I, you know, you and I have been kind of working together for, gosh, what, like six months or so, seven months? Yeah, yeah something like that. Mm -hmm. But we've never actually sat down and have a conversation, so this is... This will well, be good. a conversation about, you know, veterans specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nor normally you're just tasking me. Lots of brainstorming we've done together. Yeah, yeah. Nor normally you're <laughs> no, just giving me stuff true. to do. that's not true. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but, but at any rate, so you're, uh, you're getting ready to go to uh, Phoenix, Arizona? Yeah. And when are you leaving? We're going to spend, uh, we're going to be snowbirds starting this year. Nice. So we're going to spend the winter out there. We're pretty lucky, yeah. And, and you're exciting. coming back in May? Yeah. That's so crazy. I know. Hard to believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like just someday in May, you're just going to reappear. Well, no, here. the first of May, that's our goal. You know, we're very, very precise about when we, what we do when All we right. show up. <laughs> so speaking of that, did you see, did you see on the news today that there was a, uh, a hiker in Phoenix? I might've been like Camelback Mountain oh. in, uh, in, in uh, Scottsdale, but she had to be airlifted out, which apparently happens. Like when I was in, when I was in Phoenix or when I was in Scottsdale um, a few years ago, they said that. Like tourists will hike up the mountain yeah. and not bring water, uh -huh. and they'll get in trouble, and then they'll have to be airlifted out. So this woman was being airlifted out. That's too bad. But but her, the the stretcher she was on was spinning like a top as they were flying away. I mean, it was unbelievable. Oh yuck. <laughs> No, I didn't see that. It looked pretty terrible. So you know, one thing it's it's bad. It's not bad enough that you're getting airlifted out, and now you're spinning like yeah. a like a record. Um, but at any rate, so um, thanks for being here. Um, and you know, Kathy, for those of you listening, um, is you know our advisor, landed advisor to all things veterans. So uh, you know, Kathy is is very well uh, connected here in the Columbus, Ohio area. Um, with, you know, the, the multiple, I mean, there's a plethora of veterans groups in this city. Um, and, and Kathy really is, is one of those people who um, is at the center of that network. And so um, she's given us great advisement. And, uh, you know, we're, we're right on the cusp of potentially working on some projects together in that space. So pretty excited about it. Um, so Kathy, welcome, first of all. Uh, so I want to talk to you first and foremost, and, and uh, you, you know, one of the lines of business that Landed is getting into is um, to help veterans transition from um, the service to the workforce um, for the first time. And we focus more on the, you know, the actual job search and kind of branding and translating military experience into language that, that recruiters and corporations will understand. But, you know, one, one thing that was really startling to me um, was when we went to that big table that you invited us to um, a few months ago, and I didn't realize how many um, veteran groups there are. And, I mean, what's the number on that? It's 100 plus, right? In Central Ohio? Yes. Oh, I don't have the exact number on the tip of my tongue, actually, but uh, I think there's like 40,000 around the nation. Okay. There are quite a few, so many in Central Ohio that uh, the Veteran Affairs Coordinator decided to put together a calendar on the City of Columbus website so that we can see what all the different uh, veteran organizations are doing. So, yeah, there's a lot of Ohioans who have started nonprofits and yeah. want to support veterans and a lot of veterans yeah. who are doing yeoman's work, uh, really supporting veterans. Right, right. And, you know, the one, the one thing that was really interesting when we... Uh, 
when we sat down with, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people in the room were running their own, mm-hmm. you know, nonprofits. And mm-hmm. it became very clear, I think, to everybody in the room that while there are many, many um, veteran groups, services groups, um, they don't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have, you know, potentially 130 groups out there kind of doing 130 different things. But mm-hmm. as you started to talk to people, you could see that there's great opportunity to consolidate across some of those or partner across some of those, mm-hmm. um, which which kind of brings me to some things that we've been talking about. Um, so, Kathy, you own or you started Vanguard Veteran. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about that, and then um, you know maybe we can chat a little bit about the partnership we're looking at between our company, yours, and uh, in the Reboot organization. But tell us about Vanguard Veteran. Vanguard Veteran's mission is to equip civilians to become veteran champions. I fundamentally believe that when veterans and civilians work together in mutually beneficial ways, we will certainly improve quality of life, workforce, and community. Okay. Um, to transition from what you were saying, yes, there's a lot of kind of siloed missions that are, uh, that are happening through nonprofits right. or through government agencies to service veterans. There is a lack of support to help civilians understand how to support veterans, if you will. There there are services out there, but there could be so much right. more. And I am really passionate about that uh, for a couple of reasons. First, uh, the crowning achievement of my 29-year Air Force career, active duty regard and reserve, uh, in 2016 when I separated from full-time service with the Ohio National Guard, I had completed seven years as the Director of Community Outreach for the Ohio National Guard. Right after 9-11, was given the opportunity to establish and design a never-been-done-before statewide outreach office to educate and engage civilians in support of troops and their families. Mm -hmm. So it was critically important after 9-11, but it remains important today. Mm -hmm. So that's my my professional passion surrounding that. Um, And my personal experience was I grew up as a, a Navy kid supporting my dad's full-time active duty Navy career, moving every three to four years. Then I joined the Air Force. And so before the age of 35, I'd lived in at least at least 20 different communities. Wow. That doesn't even mean houses within right. those communities, right. right? Were you overseas at any time? Oh, yeah. Um, so the story goes, I went to a, uh, a French-speaking preschool and, and learned, you know, I was in school speaking French. And... Um, Honestly, graduated from high school in Keflavik, Iceland, moving, oh move, moving in the middle of my junior year in high school. I was a varsity cheerleader in a class of 400 in... In, in Iceland? No, in Fairfax, Virginia, <laughs> okay? And my dad came home, and he said he had orders to go overseas, and, you know, it was the right thing to do for me to go. And so that was... Uh, That's tough. A, oh, it was real tough. It was real tough. And so what military, military, growing up in a military family and military service teaches you is to be highly resilient, okay? But the downside of all this is that with all the moving and the mobility, uh, you lose your network. Mm-hmm. Military people, whether you've served one term for four to six years mm-hmm. or, like me, 29 years, 
you lose your foothold right. and your relationship base right. through which really, Chris, the best things in life happen. Mm -hmm. You get your dream job, right? right? Et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, do you, and I, I often wondered about that, you know, the, the army brats, right? The, the mm -hmm. kids who move around and never really get settled in one place and probably don't form, you know, long lasting relationships mm -hmm. because that takes time. And um, I, I mean, did that, did that have an impact on you later in life? Like, like, did you, did you later in life kind of feel like, gosh, I just wish, you know, when I was growing up, I could have spent a little more time and in one place and develop some of those relationships. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I made friends through my military service and I'm very outgoing and it's real easy for me to meet people. But I wouldn't say I have a lot of really good, good friends. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I learned through my life experience to count on myself, to be independent, to, you know, again, be resilient. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a sacrifice that military dependents and military people make which we really forget about. We often think about the sacrifice of, you know, going to war or the sacrifice of, you know, maybe doing a job you don't want mm -hmm. to do. But, but the loss of long-term relationships is another sacrifice. But on the flip side, those that you serve with, especially if you go to combat, become your best, oh, best sure. buddies for, sure. forever. Forever, and, yeah. And, and, you know, I haven't had that experience. I didn't go to combat, right. you know, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a woman in pretty much a male-dominated, you mm -hmm. know, uh, workforce. Right. So, again, um, and, and so what, what I did to combat that was purposefully choose to give my children roots and make sure that, you know, they had the opportunity to have some of those longstanding relationships. Got it. Got it. Yeah, cool. That's that's cool. That's it's interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know that um, <clears throat> you were actually part of a military family growing up. Yeah. So that's news to me. Yeah. You know, what, one, one question I have for you, um, and, and you've used the term several times. So I, I just need to ask. So when you leave the military and you've been, you, you know, you, you've left and you've been out for let's say four, five, six plus years, yet. I still hear the term civilian being used from members of the military who, who, have, who have been gone for a long time. Uh, it, like, and, and one of the things that, you know, we've talked about is, tra you know, the translation of language. And, and um, you know, when you're in this new world now, you know, what, what language flies, what language doesn't. So I'm just curious about that particular word, civilian. And is that kind of a commonplace used word for all former military members, veterans, when they are, you know, now in the you know, general community? I know, Chris, I know this is kind of a, a, a touch point for you. Um, and, you know, when we're, when we're trying to articulate messaging, there are distinctions that need to be made, right? And so um, uh, civilian contrasts to military uh, versus, you know, military and non-military. That's mm -hmm. kind of funky. Um, do, do most people use it? Um, I would say probably, but it would depend on how long you've been associated mm -hmm. with the military and what your identity is right. with that military, okay? Right. That being said, it's important to understand that oftentimes the impact of military service is lifelong. 
right? You spend a year, more often than not, depending on what your career is, transitioning from, if you will, a civilian mindset mm -hmm. to a military mindset. Why? Because the military's role is to train to go to war, protect right. and defend freedom. Mm -hmm. So that requires a set of skills that are different from what we may experience outside mm -hmm. the military. Um, and so, yeah, um, the, the cultures are different. Um, and, and I probably use that word more than others because I've had extensive trainings in military culture um, and, you know, have done trainings and received trainings to help understand the distinctions of those cultures. And as you could probably understand for me, everything about me has been mm -hmm. affected by military service, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I have been, I've worn the uniform practically my whole life, and in some ways I'm still wearing the uniform. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was after is, it, you know, do you consider yourself now a civilian? Like, who, what do you identify with more? Because you've been out for, what mm -hmm. you said, 2016? Here's the thing that's unique about me, potentially, number one, I'm female, mm -hmm. right? And so women have multiple roles in our society, right? Wife, mother, sister, and, and we have to be very adaptable in all of our roles, military, civilian, or, or whatever. Um, the, the other thing is that, um, depending on the branch of the service, when you're on active duty, and you're surrounded by active duty people, there's a stronger distinction between the way the military functions and civilian mm -hmm. life functions. Oh, sure. When you're in the Guard and Reserve, you often have a foothold in both camps, right. if you will. And, right. then, and then my own career, right? My first career was nursing. Well, guess what? A nurse is a nurse, whether you're wearing scrubs or military, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so nursing translates easier mm -hmm. into both camps right. again. Right. So um, I would say I, I, I probably identify equally with both because I have worked in the private sector, I've worked in the political sector, I've worked in the government sector, and I can transition amongst right. all three. Right, yeah, I, no, no doubt about it. Now, do you, um, do you think that because your line of work and, and Vanguard Veteran is really all about helping organizations become veteran ready versus just veteran friendly, and I, I like that distinction, um, which means that you're you know you're teaching uh, you know folks who really don't have much knowledge of the military um, what to expect, and um, you know getting a sense for where you know some of these individuals they're now recruiting came from. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that. Do you think that there is also a responsibility on the part of veterans to acclimate to the world that they are going into that's very, very different from where they've been? Absolutely. You know, we have to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and like any other job seeker, figure out who we are, what we want, and how to go about doing it. Mm -hmm. the, the disadvantages to military people, um, first and foremost, our culture teaches us it's about us, mm -hmm. not me. Right. Okay. Yes. And so we are very team focused. We are not um, looking out more often than not for what I want, but we are looking out for our team, uh, depending on how old you are when you join the military. Or for instance, my husband, um, who's uh, mid 50s, spent 25 years in the military, 
never had a civilian job interview, never had an interview while he was on active duty for 25 years. Right. Okay. So if you have a mindset of being we focused, mission focused, it's not about me. You've never done a civilian job interview, right? right? That's hard. It's very hard. It's, and oh, by the way, let's, okay. As a leadership trainer and coach, I understand that it's difficult to understand me and to fundamentally get to who you are and what you want in life right that is an investment Mm -hmm. that we all have to make and military people are probably more familiar with adapting to the needs of their environment and the mission yeah they may have some opportunity to pick some work but more often than not what you will be doing you're Mm -hmm. told what you'll be doing Mm -hmm. versus you driving that destiny Right. Does that answer yeah, your question? Yeah, it totally does. And, it, and it's it's interesting that you say that. Um, I, I mean, the cultures are so unbelievably different. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like night and day. But, you know, what, one of the things that interviewers are coached to do is if, um, if, if the interviewee uses the term we, we did this, um, to immediately drill down and say, well, what did you do? Good. I, I, I mean, but at the same time, it's just – it's. It's startling I, to me, now that you've laid it out there, um, how different that is. Because you, you come from the military, and it's about the team. It's about the collective. You know, you get into the corporate world, and, and the, the teamwork and collaboration is still immensely important. Absolutely. But for whatever reason, in interviews, it's all about the individual. And uh, that, that's, that would be, I would think, difficult if I was coming out of the military to actually hear those words come out of my mouth. I did this. Yes. I did that. Like, that would be challenging. And it's, and it's considered counter to our culture Correct. and inappropriate, right? The other piece about the competition. In the military, you compete as a group with other groups. You know, in civilian life, you compete with other individuals. Right. You know, it's really interesting, yeah. the, the distinctions. Let's go back to the other thing that military people could, um, you know, need to do to invest in themselves, and that is to get their resume a little little bit better shape. Um, You know, there are some transition services that are offered to people separating or retiring, but they're just not very effective, nor are they, you know, long term. They're, they're, They're very... They're right at the conclusion of military service, and the, the information's not absorbed very well. Right. Um, it could probably be, you know, delivered well. And the good news is that um, since 2012, that that uh, job search process and preparation process has been is being overhauled. Mm-hmm. But that's you know what just you know a few years old. So it's yeah. going to take a long time for that to take root. Yeah, because the starting point isn't the resume. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of groups will start is, all right, let's put a resume together. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this thing, LinkedIn? we got to get your profile set up. Ah. Now, where, where it starts is what are you passionate about? Right on. What do you love to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? And, mm-hmm. what, and what do you not like to do on the flip side of that? I mean, that's where it starts. That's the conversation. You get to the resume and LinkedIn later. It's, yeah. after, it's after you've come to the conclusion um, or the realization of kind of who you are, the individual, yes. who I am, and that's very countercultural. And if and what are your gifts? And so, what can you? What do you do the best? And what are the the few things you do really well? That's where you should position yourself in your career. Mm-hmm. Again, my personal experience: 
I counted up one time, I think I've had 17 different jobs in probably six different industries. Mm-hmm. Okay. You kind of lose track of who you are. You're just responding to the need at the time. Right. You know, uh, but the beauty is you also have an opportunity in that kind of experience to say, oh, you know, I really do like this and this really excites me. And so you, you if you're exposed to a lot of things, mm-hmm. you oftentimes are, uh, you have the opportunity to figure out what really drives you. Got it. You know? So, you know, you, you, you talk about the culture of we in the military. So does that, I mean, does that mean that there's less ego in the military than there is in, in corporate America or is ego alive and well in the military as well? What do you think, Chris? I don't know. I was asking you. <laughs> okay. So, um, yes, of course. Um, I think ego is alive and well everywhere around us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, ego is counterproductive to leadership. Um, those who are ego-driven don't are, aren't the best leaders. I agree, 100%. Um, thank you. And so the other point I want to make here is that, you know, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And the more influential and the less, the more humble and yet, you know, appropriate in a military setting oftentimes those leaders are, are, are going to do better when they, when they understand it's not about me. It's about helping your subordinate excel, empowering people, you know, helping them reach their potential, okay? But yes, there are multiple people that do have egos, and um, the truth is that I've worked around many of them. Um, I worked in, uh, in, in the healthcare field with a lot of physicians, mm-hmm. and I've worked with a lot of pilots. And, you know, oftentimes there's a lot of ego surrounding Got both it. career fields. Yeah, and I totally yeah. agree that ego is, you know, enemy, public enemy number one when it comes to leadership, definitely. Yeah. It gets in the way. Um, all right, so let's, let's kind of talk a little bit about um, – some of the things that we've been kicking around um, here recently. So, uh, you know, one of the opportunities that we saw um, initially was that, you know, when when um, veterans are coming out of the military uh, and entering this alien world that they've been apart from from a long time with its own language, with its own rules, where now, and thank you for giving me this insight, now you have to talk about yourself, where you've been talking about the collective for possibly decades. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the the landed organization looked at that and said, hey, you know, we we can help you do that translation and terminology and, you know, help, help to make that transition. But what I thought was cool is when we got together with you and we got together with um, Aaron from from Reboot in that, you know, while while we might work on the front end um, to help with the transition or the translation, the branding, the job search. Um, you know, somebody like Aaron and Reboot then would be the receiving end of that, meaning they're, they're out um, working with organizations um, to promote, uh, uh, you know, veterans as great employees in those organizations and literally working with those um, hiring organizations. And then you have an organization like yours that will help to prepare organizations to be veteran ready and so i really thought it was cool that you know and this is what we were talking about at the beginning where you have so many separate independent groups but if you actually just stop and start having conversations and look around you'll realize that 
there are partnership opportunities mm-hmm. out there that mm-hmm. if you pool your resources together, you can create these really powerful end-to-end solutions like we're talking about. It's a really exciting time here in the Central Ohio area, you know, with the museum in our backyard. Uh, that creates a lot of awareness and a lot of projects and ways to build collaboration. Um, there's other veteran leaders in the, organ- in, the, in the community who are building the veteran support ecosystem to kind of break down some of those silos. The Veterans mm-hmm. Professional Network of Central Ohio is, is one of those things. Um, but can I pause and, and kind of bring something up that I, okay, so let's talk about how veterans strengthen the workforce. That's mm-hmm. a really important point for anybody listening to keep in mind. Um, If you're at all involved in HR, you have probably heard about SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management. This foundation created a Veterans at Work certification program just a year ago um, to help employers understand how to source, hire, and retain veterans and be successful in this space. This group reports that um, through their research that 68% of employers report that veterans perform better than or much better than their Mm -hmm. civilian peers, and that military service strengthens many of the soft skills that employers seek that are very difficult to find, okay? Um, Without doing too many um, stats, I want to emphasize that veterans are 39% more likely to be promoted earlier than non-veterans. This comes from the 2019 LinkedIn Veteran Opportunity Report, and that veterans stay with their initial company 8.3 times Mm -hmm. longer than non-veterans. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I've seen that just anecdotally, you know, in in my travels. I I completely agree with that. Super accountable, too. Um, So speaking of, like, where you source veterans, Mm -hmm. uh, that's sort of an enigma around Mm -hmm. here. It's... uh, where where is the source so if you're coming out of the military literally you're ready to leave is there a group or are there groups out there that know this information they know who's ready to leave and re-enter you know the civilian community where do you go to find out sourcing veterans could and should be a proactive grassroots initiative since it's an employee market versus an employer market mm-hmm. all employers need to be doing that in this very tight labor market right okay so for veterans look in your neighborhood look where they live work and play okay be open-minded and source them in that way but then of course if there's a military base nearby mm-hmm. okay and it and, and you know garden reserve members are everywhere around ohio you may have certain concentrations based on location of units okay although in the air national guard you know you do have four or five bases where you can go to try to connect but that takes some effort mm-hmm. right it, it's it's slow You have to be very deliberate and purposeful to build those relationships there. And then um, the Ohio National Guard does help um, service members, primarily soldiers, transition out. Um, And then there's the Military Veterans Resource Center. There's the the VA who invites employers in on a weekly basis to talk to their Mm -hmm. um, people. And the other one is Ohio Means Veterans Jobs. They have self-identified 5,000 employers who want to hire veterans and if you go in there you're looking for a specific job veterans resumes will come up first and Mm -hmm. will be will be identified that way oh cool 
So there's a lot of ways. There's also national firms that have job boards, job fairs focused on military. Um, but you know, you need to put a little bit of work into finding them and, and uh, investing in building trusting relationships. Vanguard Veteran can help you with that. We have, I offer Veteran uh, Champion Connect to keep you informed and give you some of those sources. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And um, hey, just the, the last question, just in case there are any recruiters listening. Um, where, because you've showed this to me, so there, there's a conversion chart mm-hmm. that shows um, the various levels within um, the military and how those translate to corporation levels. Where, where would a recruiter interested in hiring veterans go to find that information? You can certainly go to Ohio Means Jobs under their Business Support Center. I would also highly encourage you to go to ONET military skills translator. You can put in a number uh, in the Army, it's called MOS. In the Air Force, it's called AFSC. You can go in there and put in a number and it will pull up the the KSAs for a particular job, um, titles of civilian jobs that relate to the MOS of Hmm. the soldier. Um, And then there's also one that where you can put in a civilian title and it will tell you which job number, job classification, and which military service would match. Oh, that's great. It is incredible. That's called ONET? ONET. Is it dot dot gov? I'm not sure what the address is, but ONET is the one where you can take the military job and it will tell you civilian titles. There's another one that will put in civilian titles and it will tell you military jobs. I offer a training. Um, that helps employers understand how to use that. Um, and so I offer, it's called uh, the Veteran Ready Employer Introduction. And then I'm also going to probably launch an overview, a longer overview product next year as well. But my website is vanguardveteran.com. Mm-hmm. Um, please reach out to me and uh, let me know how I can support you. Oh, great. And, and listen, I'm glad we got to sit down and, and chat today. Um, and uh, when, are you, when are you flying out of here? When are you going to... Dis- uh, we're not flying out of here. We're driving. You're we're driving. leaving on Christmas. We're closing on our new home on New Year's Eve. And Outstanding. Then we'll be in the sunshine for four months. Uh, all right. Well, I'll live vicariously there through you. Go. These are the uh, these are the long days yeah. of hibernation in yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking any rate, of you. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'd doubt it. But uh, at any rate, thank, thanks for coming in. Hey, I'm really looking appreciate forward it. to our partnership. I really appreciate what you all are doing for veterans. And Got it. I appreciate the landed team. All right. We're out, everybody. Thank you so much.